you have your Bibles, turn with me to the Gospel of St. John. John 10, 25. Subject this afternoon is characteristics of Christ's sheep. What are the characteristics of a child of God? In John 10, 25, Jesus answered them, I told you, and ye believe not, the works that I do in my Father's name. They bear witness of me. But ye believe not, because he's not of my sheep. As I said unto you, my sheep, Hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father or one. There's always a confusion to some degree in people's minds when they find out that you're a sovereign grace person or you believe in the doctrines. They'll say the doctrines divide and I say amen. Doctrines is what Christ taught. And we need to believe those doctrines. But they seem contradictory at times. But we want to show you this afternoon's very brief message. Characteristics of a sheep that is saved. Now, sheep is... God used that analogy, if you're saved, you're a sheep. If you're lost, you're a goat. What you need to understand from the beginning, a goat is always a goat. A sheep is always a sheep. Lost sheep can become saved sheep, but a goat can never become a sheep. Now, God said, here in the uh, scriptures. He said, I told you and ye believe not. So I always tell people, if you don't believe what I say, follow me around and see how I live. That's what simply what, what Christ said. He said, I told you and ye believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. How I live my life should bear witness of Jesus Christ. Because millions have never darted the door of a Baptist church. They don't plan to dart the door of a Baptist church. In their minds, right before they die, they're going to get saved. But... There's a problem. And if you were to give one of my business cards, on the back of it, it says salvation appointment. 
when I give them out and people tell me, I'm going to get saved right before I die. I said, you're the man I'm looking for. Write your name and your phone number. Fill in when you're going to die. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. Call me the day before you're going to die. And I'll come over to your house and talk to you. Tell you how to get saved and you're on your way to glory. But there's a problem. When are you going to die? I know I'm going to die if the rapture don't take place before I die, but I don't know when. You know, I've been pretty close, but being close only counts in horseshoe. The devil couldn't get me. You know why? Because Hebrews 9, 27 said, it's appointed that the man wants to die. I have not met my appointment. But if you're here and lost and you know when you're going to die and you would like to be saved, ask me for one of my cards and fill it out and I'll come to your house the day before you die. He said, that's silly. It sure is. But I want to get somebody's attention. Well, Christ's sheep are lost until he finds them. I could ask Brother Sutherland, are you saved? And he would say, yes. And I said, Brother Sutherland, you've always been a sheep. You was a lost sheep. You was never a goat. Well, Christ said in Luke, the 19th chapter. Luke, the 19th chapter. And notice here with me. Luke 19, verse 10. God says here, For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Lost people are the only people Christ died for. Isn't that simple? He didn't die for nobody else. He died for everybody that's lost. If they're a sheep. The elect were born totally depraved, the same as others. When I was born, I was no different than the rest man who was in hell right now burning. Luke 16 chapter said, in hell he lifted up his eyes being in torments. He was born the same way I was born. A depraved, lost sinner. But he was a goat and I was a sheep. And sheep, when God speaks, they hear. But until God opens their ears, they're just like a goat. They have no understanding. They don't want to be saved or they've got this, I'm going to be saved someday. Now let me show you in the book of Ephesians. In the book of Ephesians, when we study the word of God and we see what what God says, we see here in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, And you have he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, 
where in time past he walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince and power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. That same spirit affected me. I followed it. I was his servant. God said, among whom also we all had our conversation, our way of life in times past in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath even as others. If me and the rich man went to hell before God saved me, I would do anything that rich man did. Because I was totally depraved. God said, But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us. Who is he talking to? He's talking to sheep. Two brothers, one Cain, one Abel. One have I loved, the other I have, have not loved. That's God's side. I'm like Brother Aldridge. I wouldn't have chose the brother that the Lord did. He was a cheat and a liar. Some of you that are saved here today to get, give you a testimony. You were the scoundrels when you was lost. You was just like me. Nobody ever accused me of being saved when I was lost. I was lost. I acted like lost. I smelled like lost. I cursed like lost. I drank like lost. I was lost. Then God touched me. He touched me. And that sheep came up out of that Mary Clay. And he said, I'm going to start feeding you. And he did. Start going to church. He don't give me in church. But when God says it's time, you know what happens? You go. God said in verse 5, Even when we were dead in sins, I quickened us together with Christ. Who did it? I know what the religious world says. I've decided to follow Jesus. No, you didn't. How can a dead man decide to follow anybody? You decided to follow Jesus after the Spirit of God touched you. Listen, even when we were dead in sins, let me ask you a silly question. How dead is dead? The first article I ever put in the Scythian Democrat was dead, deader, and deadest. Lenin's dead. Nilo is deader. Well, bless his heart, he's the deadest of all. Ain't that silly? How dead is dead? So the person says, I'm not like my brother. I'm not like my daddy. You know. I've got a little bit of sin. they got a little bit more sin. And he's just, he's just terrible. You know how much sin is going to enter heaven? 
Zero. Christ quickened, makes alive. The elect were born sinners, same as others. There has not been an individual since Adam and Eve that was not born sinners. How does the elect, who are the elect? They're the sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. But they didn't follow Jesus, didn't want to follow Jesus, had no desire to follow Jesus until what happened? God quickened them. God made them alive. You hear all these people say, which comes first, repentance or faith? I don't know which is in second and third, but neither one of them is in first place. God's got to quicken you first. You've got to be born again first before you can repent, before you can believe, before you can have faith, before you confess. And when people ask me, what is the problem with religion? They don't understand grace. Grace is free. Free. And you can be religious, you can be saved and still not understand grace. You want to hear the same story I've told you a hundred times? Thank you. I like to tell it. It was Christmas. I lived down there where Sister Reggie lived. Man knocked on the door. I opened the door. He gave me a country ham. He said, Merry Christmas. I said, What can I give you for this ham? He said, Reverend, I thought you believed in grace. You know why you can't pay for a gift? It's no longer a gift. And my salvation is a gift from God. God says in the book of Romans, chapter 5 and verse 1, He said, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know why a lot of saved people don't have peace? They're miserable. Some of the worst people to be around is a Christian that is miserable. And you know why they're miserable? They don't lean on the shepherd. Jesus Christ is the shepherd. Sheep needs a shepherd. Sheep is one of the scroungiest, disobedient animals there is. They're dumber than almost any other animal. That's why God got that staff, that shepherd pulls them back. You know what God will do to you if you're saved and you get out in the world? He'll let you go so far and then he'll reel you back. And then you go out and each time you go out... He reels you back. You're in worse shape than you was the last time and the last time until finally you can't help yourself and you say, have mercy upon me, O God. He says in Romans verse 2, by whom also we have access by faith. By faith 
into this grace wherein we stand. I stand in the grace of God. If God ever took his hands off of me, I'd be back out in the world where I was. I stand in Christ. I stand in Christ. Notice what he said in Romans 5, 6. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Underline due time. Due time. God has let you go as far as you can go. At that time, you're at the end of your ropes. You can't go any further. And you say, have mercy upon me. And God grants you faith. He says in verse 7, For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet preadventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commanded his love toward us in the while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I was a hater of God when Christ died for me. He didn't look down and see a good person. He looked down and seen a, a no good sinner that was full of self. I, I should have went to every one of my family that was in, in church when God saved me and begged for forgiveness because I thought they were so stupid. Why would you go to down there and pay that priest? Let him get him a job. But then when God saved me, everything was different. You know what the songwriter said? It's different. Oh, so different now. Since Jesus came into my life, it's different. Oh, so different now. Make you want to shout, doesn't it? Verse 9. Much more being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath. What? Through who? Him. That's salvation. Only all you are is such a little ball of depraved clay. And God takes you and makes you and works you. He's the potter. Can you imagine? When I first learned about grace and what it was in high school, I took a shop. And I still got the first coffee table I ever made. It's so pretty, crooked, you know. Couldn't make nothing. But when I had that on the, whatever it's called now, that little knife, it never did say you're going too deep. It never did say you missed the mark. You know why? Because the clay can't do anything except there and let the potter mold it and make it. It's just a big old ball of depraved sinful clay. And God's word touched me. And his word, the more I listened to the word, the more I believed the word, he began to shake me the way he wanted me. He said, I like to be in control. I'm going to let you in on a secret. Lost or saved, you don't control nothing. The next breath you take is left up to God. We're not in control. That's the 
biggest lie that anybody ever told. I'm in control. I'm my own self. You can't even walk. You can't get up out of that seat if God says not to. He's in control. Face it. Christ's sheep become new creatures in him. I'm not the old person. I'm a new person. That's what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Behold, all, A-L-L, all things have become new. What's important to me is new. What I desire to do is new. What I believe is new. You say, well, I like my old way. It's because you was following the devil. There's only two leaders. You're either following the devil or you're following Christ. I know what lost people say. I used to say the same, same thing. You know, it's really funny, you know. I don't celebrate a lot of holidays that other people do. But on a special holiday, I used to look up in the cloud and say, Jesus, I love you. I was lying to the shepherd. I didn't love him. I didn't even know what love was. Come on now. Somebody say amen. A lost man don't know what love is. You know what lust is. You know what greed is. You don't know what love is. Love is when you put somebody before you. You want a marriage to work? You got to put your wife before the husband. Once your marriage to work, you got to put the husband before the wife. You know, when you're ready to get married, young people, when the person you're marrying is more important than you. Tell the priest, Tony, I'm telling you. Sheep are given a heart to love the things of God. (laughs) I mean, you know. When I was lost, I'd drive... 300 miles is here the possum sing. When I got there, the old possum was so drunk he couldn't sing. True story. True story. I ain't making it up. He'd be in another town the next weekend or next month. I'd drive another two or 300 miles just to see the possum. Well, I'm not going to drive no 20 miles to church. Well, you drive. 70 miles to go to King's Island makes yourself sick. My point is that we'll drive however long it is if we're doing what we want to do. Well, when you're a child of the king, you want to be where Christ is at. And when you're sick and not able to come, it bothers you. Sheep are given ears and eyes to see and hear with. In the fifth chapter, in the fifth book of the Old Testament, Deuteronomy, chapter 29, Deuteronomy 29, verse 4, God said, Yet the Lord hath not given you a heart to perceive and eyes to see and ears to hear unto this day. 
What does Deuteronomy 29.4 mean to you? You won't ever see, hear, do anything spiritually till God gave you seeing eyes and hearing ears. Sheep become partakers of a divine nature. See, it's, it's all about uh, love. <laughs> you know, it's... Uh, I'm, I don't know whether I'm... I don't know what I am. I don't know how I feel about it, but, you know, for 30 years... I'd go to work, and when I'd come home from work, my wife have supper on the table every night, five days a week. She'd wash the dishes by herself. She'd clean the house by herself. Then she got sick. And I found out that men can do housework. Men can wash dishes. Men can go to the grocery. Men can humble themselves and say, it's, it's, a, it's a blessing to be able to wait on you. You know what the difference that is? Jesus Christ. And let me tell you something. I ain't making this up. I'm telling you the truth. I was married 51 years yesterday. Amen. My wife looked at me last night and she said, I can't wait until I'll be able to do all this stuff myself. You hear me preach? When you're sick, you can't wait to get back in church. That's how you know you're saved. It bothers you not to be in church when you're saved. When your head hurts so bad you can't read the word of God, it bothers you. You know why? You want to know what's wrong with the average marriage? No communication. You read. You listen. You, you and God. When the last time you and God had a long talk? And you didn't do all the talking. Come on now. Yeah, I'm one of these meditation preachers. I don't know if it was my, my, my sister or my, or my daughter. One of them was saying something that like to get out in the sun and just sit there and just go to sleep. I like to get out under your shade tree and just meditate. Let God speak to me. See, this is what we need. Second Peter chapter two. Second Peter chapter two. God said here in in uh, no Second Peter chapter one. Second Peter chapter one verse two. We read this many many times because it's dressed up. You got dressed up. You you don't leave it. You keep. Going back to it. Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 2 said, 
Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power have given unto you us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Notice, according as his divine power have given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that have called us to glory and virtue whereby are given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises. Now notice, he's given us great and precious promises. Notice what he said, that by these he might be protectors of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. Add virtue to the faith had knowledge to the virtue, had temperance to the knowledge, had patience to the temperance, had godliness to the uh, patience. I mean, it goes on and on in verse 7 and 8. Add this, add this, add this. That's called growth. Have a baby back there. Looks just like you, Matthew. Can't feed that baby like you'd feed the daddy. The baby's not ready for it. You can't expect out of the baby that you do the daddy. What I'm simply saying, we grow. To grow after we've been in, got a big old dose of grace, then we add these things. Now he said here, you know, add to knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness, godliness, and brotherly kindness, and brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things, I notice, for if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful. But if you don't have these things in you, No temperance, no patience, no jolliness, no brotherly love, no kindness. I see why the lady told me, she went out the door one Sunday morning, she said, I don't feel good in service. I don't have nothing in common with these people. I said, I've got a problem as pastor. Either you're the only saved person I've got, it's a flock to all my sheep are lost. Because if you're saved and you don't have nothing in common with other saved people, Woo! Something wrong. You understand what I've just said? But if you don't have these things, if the only thing you've got is that somebody said, do you want to be saved? Walk down the aisle brave, and pray through, and when you get up, you're saved. You walk down the aisle lost, you stoop lost, and you got up lost. Because you don't get salvation by praying through. You don't get salvation by repeating after me. You get salvation when you have heard the word of God and the spirit of God bears witness with your spirit and quickens you and makes you alive. There's two things you want to do after that. You want to tell somebody. You want to tell somebody. 
you want to find your church that you can worship in. And you want to surrender to baptism so you can be part of that body. Christ's sheep are right with God from the inside out. From the inside out. Not the outside in, see. You hear all these people. Bless their heart. I got saved last week. You did? You got saved? Okay. Now I don't smoke. I don't drink. I don't chew. I don't go to movies. I don't wear this. I don't wear that. Well, you got a nice looking outside. But what about the inside? What about the inside? When they get finished with my cabin, I'll take you some pictures of it. It'll look like a brand new cabin. That's on the outside. But I've got to live on the inside. Can you hear me preach? It's what's on the inside. And God saves from the inside out. Saved do not walk after the flesh, what Romans 8, 1 through 5 says. The saved will walk in humility and self-denial. The saved will walk in true, godly love. See, I don't have to like Tom. There's nowhere in this book can I see that I've got to like Tom Moresco. But I've got to love him. And when you love somebody, you want to see that person saved. S-A-V-E-D. You don't want people going to hell that you love, do you? Christ loved me. He loved me so much, he sent his sinless son to die for me. And after salvation comes biblical immersion. There is no baptism unless you go all the way under the water. There is no baptism before salvation. Salvation first, baptism second. I hate to say it, it'll probably take me a week to find it. But I've got a paper at home that my brother out in New Mexico sent me. What the Catholic Church and our little enemy over in the Far East Got in common. He'll scare you to death. There is very little difference between the Catholic belief and the Muslim belief. I was shocked. I know what people say. Have you ever read the Koran? I have. I have a copy of one. I have read it. The Koran, to be a true Muslim, you want all Christians dead. 
and the Pope calls them brothers? After salvation, you want to be biblically emerged. Got to be saved before you're baptized. Got to be baptized by a church that has the authority. Got to be baptized for the right person, right reason, because you are saved, not to get saved. And last, the father gave the sheep to his son, and the son died in their place, was buried and rose again. The Holy Spirit makes the message of salvation clear and plain to the sheep. See, when I was about 12 years old, I went for baptism at the Presbyterian Church. The reason I did, my buddies, I thought they were my buddies, just just an acquaintance, you know, people I knew. They went down the aisle, said God saved them. Following Sunday or Sunday after that, whatever it was, we all sat up front and they sprinkled a couple drops of water on our head and I wasn't baptized because sprinkling is not baptism. And even if they had tucked me under, I would have went down dry and came up wet. Salvation first, baptism second. Then if you want to grow, and I'm going to close with this. I set it out to the last year at my 50-year anniversary. I told everybody it was there. God's church saved my life. God's son saved my soul.